From the East Coast to the West, this is the NBA Coast to Coast Podcast. I'm Chalanga. And I'm Dylan. Hey, Dylan. Hey, what's up? Dude, I'm doing good. How are you doing? Mm, it's Christmas caroling season. I've been Christmas caroling every day this week. <laughs> oh, fun. I miss Christmas caroling. Yeah, but in Minnesota, you do it for fun. In LA, you do it for a living. <laughs> Dang. I dress up in Dickensian garb and I uh, go around singing table to table at restaurants uh, for tips. <laughs> that sounds fun. I would do that job. Yeah, it's kind of fun. It's also miserable at the same time. It's it's both. It's a love-hate relationship. Right now, I'm in the hate part because I'm so tired, but uh, I'll come back around. Usually right around the holidays is when I start coming right back around because then it starts to become like, oh, yeah, cute and family and emotional, all that stuff. All right. Well, everyone stay tuned through this whole pod because at the end, Dylan will sing you a beautiful carol. Don't hold your breath. Anyway, we're here to talk about the Wolves game. So we have had three games since we last talked. The Rockets, the Hornets, and the Blazers. Um, we're if f- only we could have had a podcast after that Hornets game, right? I know. That Hornets game was awesome. That was Carl Anthony Towns at peak of powers. That was Andrew Wiggins at peak of powers. That was the best Andrew Wiggins game that he's ever had. Eh, remember when he scored like 47? This was more well-rounded. This is true. This was really all around. Let's move on to the game. So on Saturday night, we lost the Portland Trailblazers 113-105. to I thought it was a horrible game by the Timberwolves. We could do nothing to stop C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard without Robert Covington. Yeah, I think I think that is true, one. But I also think that last night was a, a pretty solid game by the Wolves. I mean, generally speaking, in fourth quarters, the Wolves completely collapsed, but they were able to keep it close. I think the biggest problem was was uh, Derrick Rose's 25 shots. So let's start with that. Derrick Rose started, and he was playing... He was basically the starting point guard for the team, and Jeff Teague was basically the starting shooting guard, which is a huge problem because both of those players are completely out of position. Robert Covington was out with knee soreness. Have you heard word as to whether he's going to be back on Monday? I do not know. I haven't heard either, but it's it's very startling seeing that this is a super important stretch of games for the Timberwolves right now. This was one of the more winnable games on our road trip. And now we could be without Robert Covington for a bit, and I don't know what we're going to do without him because we can't guard guards. And this hap- this specifically, this Portland team happens to have two of the best guards in the NBA in C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard. I don't know what we're going to do without Robert Covington playing defense because Derrick Rose, his normal defense is aggressive. He's very quick, but he's not like it's it's not the most. It's not Rocco. It's it's not the best positioning, and he doesn't have the length of Robert Covington. Mm-hmm. It's just very fast, and a lot of times he over pursues and gets beat by, that way. He's not a great wing defender because he's ju- he just doesn't have the length of players that are elite wing defenders like a Jimmy Butler or like a Kawhi or like a Robert Covington. Yeah, he's I mean at the beginning of the game he was just doing his his Derrick Rose thing throwing up crazy shots that 
for the beginning of the season have managed to go in at a pretty decent clip. But I have to I have to believe that at some point there's going to be a serious regression because all of his shots are difficult shots. I like I can't even remember the last time I remember Derek's like seeing Derek Rose take an easy shot. How many of Derek Rose's layups need to be blocked in order for Tibbs to start a Kogi? Because there were three last night. Well, at least I think that's the answer when Robert Covington is hurt. Because Derrick Rose in, in the starting lineup kind of throws off the rotations a little bit. And Derrick Rose is just a better bench guy. You don't want him on the court. I love him for 18 minutes of like really fast-paced energy, getting Balls the ball to the down wall. the court quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then for him to get off the court because that kind of play is just completely volatile. Mm-hmm. Aside from Derrick Rose taking a big shit on the court, there was like there was some positive things to take from last night's game. Carl Anthony Towns couldn't play for like the whole first quarter and a lot of the second quarter because of foul trouble. He got two early fouls by like nine minutes left in the first quarter, um, and the Wolves were able to hang around. Gorgie came in and provided some good energy off the bench. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, although his offense wasn't great, it was decent and he was engaged on the defensive end. Um, he even had a chase down block. Uh, that was a really nice chase down block. Yeah, it was really nice. He's and that's like that has becoming a recurring thing that he does. Um, and if if Andrew Wiggins is gonna give us a chase down block every game or two, that's the Andrew Wiggins that I want. The Andrew Wiggins that hustles, that shows effort, that has put back dunks. Um, even if he's not scoring efficiently, if he's giving the effort, if he's trying. He's going to be, you know, a, a significant part of this team, and he's going to be a contributing player. Unfortunately, I was working last night, so I only watched the ten-minute recap of the game. And based on that, though, Andrew Wiggins was was not beat. He was not beaten in any way that was significant or embarrassing. In fact, like Taj Gibson was on more highlight reels uh, on the defensive end where Portland was scoring than uh, Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, Nurk had a hell of a game last night, man. Nurk went off. Um, so he made Taj look kind of like a fool, but yeah, Andrew Wiggins, you know, it, like you've, like you've said, um, a thousand times, uh, Portland really does not have a lot of wing threats. So if, um, Andrew Wiggins didn't really have to defend anybody that was, uh, scary. I will say if, if Mo Harkless can stay healthy, then this team does have enough depth to make it to the playoffs. I, I think we put him in at, what did we put him in at, eight? Yeah, I think so. So they're right on the edge. That's about right. I, I think that's about where they belong. Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum are very good. This is the game where the Portland Trailblazers could have been switched with the Timberwolves, in my opinion, because this was a road game. Uh, the Wolves were tied 1-1 on the season, and this could have put them over the edge. And I think if we would have been able to take this series, uh, or at least take the series lead, that that would definitely be indicative of our playoff chances. At the end of the day, we kept it very close. In fact, the Wolves even surged ahead. And that, and that was my problem, is that we had a 102-96 to 96 lead with three minutes left, and then we just let C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard beat us on tough shots. Dame time, baby. Dame time. But don't tell me that every single one of those shots would have gotten off with Robert Covington playing defense. I mean, a hard shot is a hard shot. And I'm not going to get mad because Damian Lillard 
made two hard shots in a row to lift his team. You know? I get it. I get it. I'm saying I don't know if they get them off with Robert Covington guarding them because Robert Covington just has so much more size on them, they wouldn't have been able to get shots off. You look at how they the difference between how they played in the second game we played against the Portland Trailblazers versus this game, and uh, they combined for like at least ten more points. And I I do believe that that can all be attributed to Robert Covington. Sure, uh, sure. I'm I can get down with that. I do want to talk about Josh Okoge, seeing him in the game and giving us another highlight play it seems like every time he enters the game he has like a a, a top 10 espn play that he gives us you saw the off the backboard to himself <laughs> yeah um, on, on the replay it was most definitely was a travel uh he definitely came down before he released that ball but still i was very afraid of that did you did you did you slow motion that just to uh-huh. check I didn't. They they slow mo they slow motion did in the in the game, or they just showed the replay enough where I was like, mm, that that foot was down. <laughs> Jim Peterson would have talked about it though. Did he talk about it in the game? I had to I had to stream it illegally, and I could only find a Portland stream that worked. So, yeah, I Ugh. know it sucked. Portland announcers suck. I like every time I watch a non Timberwolves feed, I um, remember how blessed we are to have. Um, Dave Benz and Jim Peterson because they are amazing. They're such good. They are really yeah. good. I I don't know if, if it's just our bias that makes that 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 makes us think that we have the best broadcast crew, but it does seem like a lot of broadcast crews just don't have any idea what they're talking about. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I feel like the the level of bandwagon ship is inverse to the level of broadcasting ability of your local affiliates. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'd like to see a peer-reviewed article um, dissecting that, please. Thank you. Maybe we'll do a podcast dissecting it, and we'll we'll rank the uh, local broadcasters. Ooh, that's actually a good idea. Another thing I wanted to mention about the game. I was, I, I was watching the game, and I realized, I think the Portland Trailblazers might be the only team in the NBA that trots out a lineup featuring four white dudes on the court at the same time. I was like, I was taken aback when all of a sudden it was Damian Lillard, Nick Stauskas, Jake Lehman, Zach Collins, and Myers Leonard all on the court at the same time. I was like, whoa, this looks different. I do have to say, <laughs> Jake Lehman scored 24 the other night and uh, is proving all the doubters wrong. We were doubters, and... And doubters as in, like, I thought that he shouldn't be playing in the NBA at the, at the beginning of this season. But now I do believe that he can put in uh, eighth-man eighth minutes. Um, Yo, his minutes are all over the place. He started the season as a starter. Then he had, like, five DNPs in a row for, like, no— Well, because Mo Harkless— I know, he came back. Yeah. Got healthy. Yeah, yeah um, but anyway, I just wanted to point out— it. It was very odd to see a four-man white lineup in the NBA. Um, very yeah. odd. Thanks, Paul Allen, for that. <laughs> in conclusion, uh, I don't think that Derrick Rose should be starting. I think that Okogi should be starting. I think that that gives us our best, at least, defensive potential. 
I know that Okogi still makes mistakes and he over pursues. He got caught over pursuing in the game once against those guards. And if you're going to over pursue, they're going to out dribble you yeah. um, to the basket. Yeah. But uh, he does provide more of more defensive upside for that lineup. And with Rose in the starting lineup, I think it's just really clear that that clogs up like the amount of offense that we have, and it kind of limits the potential of Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns, and I think we saw that. I agree. And if you're up 102 to 96, you cannot lose by eight points with three minutes <laughs> yeah. left. 102 to 90. We were up 102 to 96, and we lost by eight points. Yeah, it was a pretty harsh crumble. That's terrible. Yeah, that's terrible. A 17 to three run within the last three minutes of the fourth quarter is not acceptable. It was. It wouldn't have happened with Rocco, but. It doesn't matter. We, it can't happen with or without him. We should have won that game ten times out of ten. Yeah. What were our, I wonder what our winning percentage was on ESPN with three minutes to go, and it was one hundred two to ninety six. It had to be like eighty to ninety percent. Mm-hmm. I think that like so it was one hundred two, one hundred two, and the the Wolves called a maybe they didn't call a timeout, but the play that they ran on offense to try to score and get ahead. Ended up being a Taj Gibson corner three. Like, mm. it, it was just it was just so so crazy to to in such a pivotal moment to have Taj Gibson, who usually doesn't make mistakes, want to like take that shot, even though it was pretty open. I if you're Taj, I think you just got to be a little bit more conscious of that because he had time on the shot clock. There was probably eight seconds left, so he didn't have to take it. Um, it was open, but when you're when it's a close game like that, that's just not the shot. That's not the shot you want. Um, yeah, that's the situation where he needs to drive and see if he can find something else. Yeah, drive and because he's a really good interior passer, he's got space. Drive, cat will cut in, and you can dump it off to him and have cat uh, dunk dunk it or kick it out to cat on the three point line. Just give the ball to cat in those situations. Just let him go to work. Um, well, Cat did have that. I I don't know if it was tied. I feel like it was either because uh, because when it was one oh, I remember they they took the lead like one oh one oh three one oh two, and then Cat had like uh three and he brought it to one oh five. But it's like, and then Cat tried to tried to keep putting up threes as the game was winding down and it just wasn't happening. And it's like, we can't be relying on that for offense. At I, I don't even want to rely on Cat shooting threes for our offense if we're going to be in crunch time. If we're going to be in crunch time, I want Cat to be driving to the basket. I want him to get fouls. I want to get. Uh, I want Wiggins to drive to the basket and get fouls. Like that would be the ultimate thing for crunch time is to have an Andrew Wiggins who is aggressive because he could play crunch time like James Harden. You know. Yeah. Um. Well. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, <laughs> I, I'm saying if he if he were good at that, then that would be that would be an option for us. I'm not saying that he's like James Harden. Yeah, I'm not an idiot. It would be cool if Andrew Wiggins was like James Harden. Then he would be like James Harden. <laughs> no, but but like he does have moments where he plays aggressively and he plays a lot better that way. And I'm mm-hmm. saying that he is the perfect player, the perfect mold of a player to be able to. Uh, get to the basket and and draw fouls i get what you're saying 
Um, and you, that's and that's the kind of play that you need to do to to be a winning team. Like you need to be able to get to the basket and draw fouls. That's a crunch time standard crunch time move. He also needs to be able to hit his foul shots, shooting seventy one percent on the season. Not, yeah, not very great. good. Uh, anyway, I think but the, he's been the, playing so much better. He has been. All the props in the world to Andrew Wiggins. Keep it up so that I can hop back on your bandwagon. I'm not quite there yet, but I want to be. That would be amazing. Um, but I think the biggest takeaway from the game, as with every game, more Akogi. More Akogi without Roko, that's for sure. Yeah, when Roko's in the game, maybe Akogi can sit. He can just sit and watch. But when Roko's out, give me some Akogi. Definitely. Um, and even even when he's like, give give Akogi half of Derrick Rose's minutes because while Derrick Rose can put be streaky sometimes, I, we don't need it. Mm, trade Derrick Rose for future assets. Hmm, that's good. Hmm, that's good more idea. on that later. Anyway, we got to get out of here. Thanks for chatting, Dylan. Yep. Uh, we've got another pod coming up later this week featuring our all Space Jam NBA team. Uh, if you're not already, follow us on Twitter at Coast to Coast NBA, on Instagram at Coast to Coast NBA Pod, and find us online at Coast to Coast.podient.co. Did I get everything? I think so. Hell yeah. We out here. She ready. Um, seriously, follow us on Twitter. Twitter. Our Twitter experience is a great experience. You will love it. Follow us on Instagram. The Instagram experience is a terrible experience. <laughs> uh, uh, I have to say something about our Instagram, though. So uh, the Ringer posted this article by Danny Chow on Andrew Wiggins, and they were saying that uh, – that he was like, oh, Andrew Wiggins, the fallen Maple Leaf. And it was basically they were trying to put a nail in the coffin of Andrew Wiggins. And it was terrible timing because the last three games, Andrew Wiggins had a renaissance, um, to say the least. Because I, if you ask me, the two of the last three games, the Rockets and um, and the Hornets game, uh, they those were two of the best back-to-back Andrew Wiggins games in terms of his complete game that I've ever seen. Um, so, uh, shout out to Andrew Wiggins and, uh, shout out to the ringer for not acknowledging our nine and three start, but acknowledging that Andrew Wiggins, uh, is, has been a terrible contract for the Timberwolves. I mean, like what's up, what's up with the national media, like not recognizing the Timberwolves and then they're, and then the ringer is putting out an article about how bad Andrew Wiggins is just as he's being, he's actually playing really well. I don't know. Fuck the ringer. I don't read that shit anymore. I'm about to get an athletic subscription tonight. Uh, Bill Simmons can lick my butthole. Oh my god! <laughs> don't say that. Don't say that. Jason Concepcion is my neighbor. Oh, I forgot you. Get him on here. You do live in his neighborhood, huh? Yeah, I literally live a block away from the Ringer. Well, they can lick your butthole then. It'll be more convenient for them. I'll give them that. Um, they don't have to travel all the way out here to lick a butthole. I, I don't know. I might lick all of their buttholes. Yeah, if I met them, and if like Kevin O'Connor came up to me and was like, I would like you to lick my butthole, I'd be like, well, I guess I guess I have to. Uh, all right. Have a good night. Bye. Peace.